Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. I was looking at NBA futures this morning. The Golden State Warriors are plus 5,500 right now on DraftKings to win the title. So if you believe in them, that's a big number. And Denver, I have Denver as my championship favorite. And they're still the second best odds on DraftKings right now at plus 450. So lots of good NBA bets to look at over the course of the end of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope all of you guys are having a great week. Got a fun show for you guys tonight. We're reacting to the Warriors going into Madison Square Garden and getting a much-needed win against the shorthanded New York Knicks. For those of you guys waiting for a reaction on Heat Nuggets, I am staying up to record that later tonight. It will be on the feeds first thing in the morning tomorrow. Just hitting 
Warriors Knicks in tonight's show. We're also going to have a mailbag in, to, uh, in the show that I'm recording for the Heat Nuggets game. So make sure you drop some more YouTube, uh, make some drop some more mailbag uh, questions in the YouTube comments for this video. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss show, annou- uh, show announcements as well as the film threads that I do in the morning. Also, don't forget about our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops Tonight. It's also super helpful if you leave a rating and a review on the podcast feed. And then last but not least, like I mentioned earlier, keep dropping mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. All right, let's talk some basketball. So this is kind of a funky game, right? Because... Uh, both teams obviously are more perimeter oriented, tons of athleticism, guys dealing with front court injuries, right? Particularly with the Knicks. It's kind of a weird game because there's just a ton of speed on the floor, a lot of play in transition. Both teams really aggressive, crashing the offensive glass from the perimeter. It's kind of like a funky example of what a modern basketball game looks like. Lots of movement shooters, guys flying off the of screens. Dante DiVincenzo. Is shooting the ball so well this year, he's kind of playing for the Knicks a lot like Steph and Clay do for the Warriors, just flying off of wide pin downs and coming up firing if he gets a an inch of space. And the story of the game was a lineup change from the Golden State Warriors as a result of Andrew Wiggins being gone on a, uh, a, a leave of absence for personal reasons, having to do with the family matter. You know, it was interesting because when I saw the uh, when I saw the report, I was at first I was like. I saw it on Twitter and I and I immediately thought like, oh, is someone talking about what happened last year? Like, what is the deal? What's going on? Because it's kind of similar timing too. And when I saw that it was happening again, I'm like, oh no, like this could not be worse timing for the Warriors, right? Like they're, they're in a predicament. Both the Warriors and the Lakers would desperately like to get out of that nine and 10 spot because if you're in the nine and 10 spot, you got to beat whoever the other seed is. And then if you happen to win that game, you have to go on the road for a single elimination game against a really good team, a team that it could be anybody, right? It could be the Pelicans. It could be the Kings. It could be the Mavericks. It could be the Suns. It could be some really good teams that you have to go on the road for. So every single one of these games is vitally important. In addition to that, Andrew Wiggins has been hooping. He's been playing the best basketball that he's played since he left the team last year on a personal leave of absence. Excellent on the ball defense. He's been shooting like 48% from three over this stretch where the Warriors are 11 and three in their last 14 games, although 12 and three now after beating the Knicks, right? He had been uh, averaging like 1.3 steals per game, shooting like 52% from the field. Wiggins was really starting to get it going. And so immediately I'm like, okay, this is kind of discouraging, right? You know, but one of the advantages is the Warriors have a guy that is a talented young player that kind of is a reasonable facsimile of what Andrew Wiggins brings to the table. Not the level of offensive player that Andrew Wiggins is capable of being. And I know Andrew Wiggins has had his lulls offensively, but he has the ability to attack matchups and has been shooting the ball well, shot the ball really well the year they won the title, right? And maybe Moses Moody doesn't bring all of that. But what Moses Moody does bring is really physical on-the-ball defense. Really good ball pressure with length, plays super hard, just just can be a wrecking ball on the ball. And I thought that was the story of this game because, you know, Steph is Steph, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. You kind of expect that, right? But one of the big swing factors in this game is Moses Moody did an unbelievable job on the ball against Jalen Brunson. From the opening tip, first possession, he's sitting back about 10 feet off of Brunson as he's coming across half court, just watching the ball. Brunson goes to make a little 
kind of like a swing pass to the uh, to a guy kind of flashing up high. Moses Moody just jumps the passing lane, gets in there, gets down the floor. You also saw a lot of the switchability of the Warriors early on in this game because Kaminga and Draymond can also play really well on the ball, even against guards. Like, think about how insane that is as a versatility for a defense, that your three, your four, and your five are all, like, credible on-the-ball defenders against guards. Guards, wings, whatever you need. That's a real asset to have. There were multiple possessions at the beginning of that game where you have a transition cross match and Kaminga ends up on Jalen Brunson and does a really good job. Or maybe Moses Moody does get caught on a screen and so Draymond Green goes with the uh, uh, switches out onto him. Moses Moody peels off and switches onto the big man. Now Draymond Green is forcing Jalen Brunson into a really difficult fadeaway jump shot that he ends up missing. From the opening tip, they were all over Jalen Brunson giving him hell. I talk about this all the time, but like so many people have turned basketball into a game of luck and like just the shots go in or they don't. And there is certainly an element of that when it comes to the game of basketball, but you do control your destiny so much more on that front than I think people realize. And they just made Jalen Brunson's life hell from the opening tip of this game. And I do think that that is directly responsible for the type of off-shooting night that he had. Now, Jalen Brunson's also capable of overcoming that. We've seen him do so. But, you know, it's kind of like what happened to the Warriors when Steph had his cold night against the Nuggets. When you play excellent defense and you swarm a star, there's a chance that he might have an off night. And if you and he's far more likely to have that type of off night if you bring that defensive intensity from the opening tip, you prevent a player from achieving rhythm. You prevent a player from feeling comfortable. When a player is comfortable and in rhythm, he's far more likely to get to his spots and take and make the, his his superstar shots, right? The shots that any defense is going to be willing to concede at the expense of taking away the more uh, the, the the easier shots, right? And then from the from that defensive intensity from the tip, they were getting out in transition like crazy. Now it was a little sloppy. It was actually crazy because they went up twenty to four. I think they started fourteen to zero, right? But even in that span, like guys were smoking layups. Brandon Pazemski missed an early layup. Jonathan Kaminga missed an early layup. Uh, uh, Moses Moody missed an early layup right at the rim. Like there was there that easily could have been, you know, 28 to four or something significantly worse, but they bought themselves a huge margin for error from there by coming out the opening tip with an intense ball pressure, intense help and recover situation. There was a, a possession early in the game where Moses Moody's on the ball. Draymond Green comes up to the level of the screen. There's an over-the-top pass to Isaiah Hartenstein. Draymond Green sprints back into the paint and forces Isaiah Hartenstein to come way out to the left-hand side on his layup. Jonathan Kaminga comes off of Precious Achua in the left corner, just comes flying in and smacks the ball out of there, and the Warriors are running back in transition. Like That is swarming. That's two on the ball. And Draymond still getting back into the play, forcing a guy to change his shot where another athlete could come in and clean up the mess. It it was a dominant defensive effort from the opening tip. And then in the half court, one of the things that was interesting is the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, was not hedging or showing on any of the Warriors' off-ball actions. What that means is you can imagine a guy setting a screen, Steph's coming flying off, right? The big man for New York was sagging back to watch for back cuts and slips and things along those lines, which means Steph, if he can get free on that screen, is going to have an opportunity to take a movement three. And uh, I thought uh, Stan Van Gundy did a really nice job of calling this out in the broadcast, but Dante DiVincenzo in particular, who drew the Steph Curry assignment, he kept trying to uh, like jump the passing lane. So like, imagine the screens here and Steph's coming flying off this side. 
Well, if you chase behind, you force Steph to take a tougher shot. And the tougher shot is he's got to stop his body when he's moving full speed laterally to rise and fire, right? But if you jump the gap, Steph, Steph can actually kind of step behind the screen and it's more of a straight up and down shot. Now, if you gamble that and you get a deflection or you get a steal, there's obviously an advantage there, but it's a risk. And if you happen to miss the basketball, you actually leave an easier shot for Steph. Steph was the one carrying the half-court offense in the early stretch of the game just by taking advantage of the Knicks not showing or hedging and just beating DiVincenzo in these off-ball screening actions. And <clears throat> we talked about this after the Nuggets game, but like Steph has a really tough job. He's been in a little bit of a slump, right? And, and and a lot of this just has to do with the reality of the of the way this roster is put together. They started three 21-year-olds tonight, right? And so when you got three 21-year-olds that all have strengths and weaknesses, right? And at this phase in their careers, teams are good at kind of identifying their weaknesses and kind of putting them into tough spots. And so even though the Warriors have been good offensively in the aggregate because of the success they've had in transition off of their defense during this 15-game stretch, in the half court, there's a lot of emphasis on Steph Curry having to create everything, right? And so a lot of the slump is like a little bit's just he has a really tough job. A little bit, a little bit of it is just the way the defenses are loaded up on him. And, you know, those superstar shots, those tough shots, they can come and go from time to time. But it was only a matter of time before Steph would break out of that, and he broke out of it tonight. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, the Warrior, the, the Knicks did make runs, right? You know, they uh, had some success against the Warriors bench group, particularly in the second half. But the Warriors responded to every single run the Knicks made. I thought Moses Moody once again. So made several key plays on the defensive end of the four down the stretch. So the Knicks get it to five late in the game. There's a timeout. Moses Moody makes three gigantic defensive plays. He blocks Alec Burks on a pull-up jump shot in the mid-range. Then he stonewalls Jalen Brunson on a uh, First of all, on the block of Alec Burks, 
If he blocks Alec Burks, it leads to a fast break opportunity where Jonathan Kaminga gets an and one. So we're literally talking about call Alec Burks's shot, you know, on average about one point per shot in terms of shot value. And you run out and you get, uh, I think Kaminga ended up missing the free throw, so it was only two, but a three-point swing in a big moment of the game. Down to five, like if he doesn't make that defensive effort and, and Alec Burks makes the shot, all of a sudden we have a one-possession game and instead we're setting up the defense again up by seven. It was a gigantic defensive play. On the next possession, he stonewalls Jalen Brunson, forces it into a, a, a forces him to get rid of the basketball, which leads to a late clock situation. They get another stop. They go down to the other end, and uh, I think that was the play where Brandon Pizemski ends up getting the and one. And all of a sudden, the Warriors are up by nine. So again, like literally, a five point game could have swung in a really ugly direction for the Warriors. But Moses Moody's on ball defense, two massive plays got the Warriors going in transition and then an opportunity to make a, 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 a basically a dagger type of play in the half court to put them up by nine. Then uh, it was like one or two possessions later, Brunson tries to take Moses Moody again. And it, 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 he this is when he like smoked that little step through kind of floater, left it like way short off the right side of the rim. And then he starts complaining to the refs. And like that is the textbook dead giveaway for a defensive player having frustrated an offensive player is when he starts to complain to the refs and Moses Moody, just his length, his physicality, his relentless ball pressure on this particular play where he stonewalled Brunson, he went underneath the pick and met him on the other side, which takes a great deal of effort. I, I just, it, it was, it'd be very difficult to overstate how important Moses Moody's on ball defense was in this game from the opening tip to helping them build that initial lead to breaking the game open after the Knicks got it down to five, just an unbelievable night from Moses Moody. Uh, <clears throat> the th this is this is a big part of why I've been harping so much on the Warriors overhelping, which has been, in my opinion, the primary culprit of their fourth quarter defensive struggles and some of their clutch situ situation struggles. The Warriors have good defensive personnel on the perimeter. Like the Warriors have weaknesses, right? But that's not one of them. Like when you get down, like as soon as you get down from the top of the league, every team has strengths and weaknesses, right? Look at the Pelicans. They've got all this length and athleticism at the perimeter, but they're kind of weak at the point of attack with CJ McCollum, and they're kind of weak on the back line with Zion and Jonas Valanciunas, right? You look at the Lakers. It's like offensive skill is not an issue for them. The Warriors have some offensive skill issues from some, some specific position groups. Lakers don't have that issue, but what they don't have is any guys who can guard on the perimeter consistently well, right? So like now the Warriors, it's like they can struggle you know, with some interior size stuff, right? Yeah, they can struggle with offensive skill in some position groups, but they do have a plethora of guys that can defend on the perimeter against a bunch of different archetypes of players. And so for them, it actually makes more sense to leave guys on an island, trust their ability to contain the basketball, stay home on the perimeter, not always you know, bringing the screen defender way out high and letting the roll man get behind and constantly having to defend pick and roll three on two, leaving the skip pass open. Like it makes more sense for them to play a little bit more of a modern defense where you stay home on shooters and trust your perimeter defenders to kind of force guys into tough shots. Because again, like a driving layup is a high value shot unless the perimeter defender is riding his hip and is following him to the basket. All of a sudden, now we're talking about a layup that might be worth maybe a point per possession, maybe a little bit less against really long athletes like Golden State has. It's actually more important to 
stay home and com- uh, compete on the defensive glass. I, I want to look at their numbers because it's been two or three games since I checked it. But that lineup, the when Wiggins was in there, Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond, they had struggled a little bit on the defensive glass. Uh, last I checked a few games ago, they were below 70% in defensive rebound percentage. That's also an overhelping thing. When you bring two guys to the basketball, you don't have matchups on the weak side to to finish plays off on the defensive glass. And so I think I, I just want to see the Warriors kind of lean more on the strength of their defense, which is their perimeter players, and and use that to structure a defense that allows them to contend better in help situations and on the glass by trusting those guys to do their jobs. The last guy I wanted to talk about in the Warriors front was Jonathan, was Jonathan Kaminga. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Just was unbelievable. In this game, I went on. Uh, I went on the game in San Francisco earlier today, and I was talking with the guys about Jonathan Kaminga, and we had talked about the uh, the deadline and how the Warriors didn't do anything, and how I said, you know, it just made sense at this point to keep Jonathan Kaminga because of his leap, and it's been kind of an interesting journey watching his uh, this recent phase of his leap because. As I mentioned, he had never had back-to-back 20-point games before, right? And then he has like seven of them in a row. There's a stretch where the league basically like was like, let's see what you can do on an island. And it turned out pretty quickly that no one could guard him on an island. And then over the course of the previous seven games, Kaminga's scoring took a little bit of a dip. He went down to about 14 points per game. His three-point shot started to struggle. But if you guys have, uh, and we've talked about this on the show, Teams were starting to realize we can't leave this guy on an island. We have to send late help, especially after he puts the ball on the floor and particularly towards his left-hand side because that can be where he has some struggles. And to Jonathan Kaminga's credit, excuse me, to Jonathan Kaminga's credit, he handled that really well. During that stretch before that, from the start of the 20-game streak to the start of this last seven-game stretch before the Knicks game, he was averaging about two and a half assists per game. In the seven-game stretch, he's he was averaging four assists per game. And I want to say like 1.7 turnovers or something. It's like 2.5 assist-to-turnover ratio. That's that's big time for a 21-year-old who's like seeing aggressive coverages for the first time in his NBA career to like to legitimately pick teams apart. We've pointed out examples like from the Clippers game when he was getting a double team in his face and like making like like looking a defender off to the top of the key and then making a skip pass to uh Brandon Pizemski on the right wing. Like He's he's making a lot of a really high level reads with some of the double teams that he's getting. And then you end up in a night like tonight against the Knicks where he gets a lot more on an island opportunities and he just goes back to barbecuing everybody. 25 points and eight rebounds. Had some big on the ball possessions on Jalen Brunson. Had some big help side defense possessions. I said this uh, uh, in the radio hit today, but like Jonathan Kaminga is on is is on a star trajectory. If you're ranking guys that are like below the age of 22 in the league as prospects, he's pretty high on that list. Like, is he in that Wemby tier? Probably not. Like, definitely not. But but he's in that tier right below that, right? Like, the guys that do legitimately have star potential, the guy reads the floor well. He's an excellent on-the-ball defender. He has potential to be a good off-ball defender as he just gets better at, like, kind of remaining focused and doing his job within the defensive scheme. He can get defenders out of position and get to the foul line. He doesn't really seem to have... There's there's not really an archetype of player that's given him trouble in terms of a one-on-one defensive assignment. He's just... The, the sky's the limit for this kid. And, and I thought I thought, I thought thought he was a, a huge a huge element of their victory tonight. Like, it was ironic to watch 
after all the talk about the two phases of the of the Warriors over the last few years, that we had a lineup tonight, the starting lineup of Steph and Draymond, the two pillars of the franchise, with three 21-year-old kids that are playing off the ball. Or three, I, I, I'm not sure if they're all 21, but they're all young. Three really young players that are in that starting lineup, and all three of them made huge plays today. I thought Brandon Pizemski made a bunch of key passes in this particular game and was good defensively. We mentioned Moses Moody and his defensive effort. And then I just talked about Jonathan Kaminga. Like the kids, I, I, they're grown men, but kids relative to the rest of the NBA, they they did the job tonight and they got the job done. Big win for the Warriors. Um, uh, and I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are now tied in the uh, uh, for that nine seed with the Lakers. I think not by win percentage, but where they are in terms of games back. On the Knicks front, again, really difficult to to have any sort of meaningful conversations about the Knicks when you're down three starters that are all in the front court. Whenever injuries hit one core position group, you can have massive issues. It's kind of like what the Lakers have been dealing with. Like when you lose Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt to injury, and then there was a stretch there where Max Christie sprained his ankle. It's like it's like that's already their weakest position group, and now they're down three guys. It, it just it can cause a lot of problems. Same thing goes for the Knicks. Like you, like I thought Jericho Sims had some real uh, nice stretches on the offensive end of the floor tonight. I'm really impressed by his feel in the short roll and his ability to quickly make decisions and make that next pass in those four on three situations. But he's really struggling on the defensive end of the floor right now. And like uh, it made it got out of position a lot in drop coverage in some situations that was causing problems. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, like you're just, you're just going to have some limitations there when you have your three starting bigs out of three starting forwards, three, four, and five out of the lineup. The last guy I wanted to shout out on the Knicks was Deuce McBride. I thought he was his activity playing passing lanes, getting out in transition was really important in the little mini runs that the Knicks made to try to get this thing close. But right now they're just, they're just trying to patch together wins. And it's just really difficult to do when you have guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, and when you're missing core position groups like that. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, just like it, it uh, you can just tell he's this close to kind of getting his rhythm there. All those threes he missed in that fourth quarter, they were all dead on straight and just long. That to me is like a good sign that he's getting it dialed in. And like, it's different game if he, if he makes a couple of those shots, right? So I, I'm not worried about the Knicks in the big picture. It's just a really, really difficult situation that they're in right now. And it's going to be really difficult to learn anything about them over this stretch. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. As I mentioned, I'm staying up tonight to cover uh, Nuggets Heat. I will have that up on the feeds first thing in the morning. As always, I appreciate you guys. I will see you then. love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals join me on the dark side of sports by listening to playing dirty sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.